Hey everyone, welcome to today's Take Heart. I've been realising that one of the most important things we can do as we seek to follow Jesus is just get to know him as he really is. And this is where the Bible is so important. Um, think about it like a 3D movie. If you've ever been to the cinema and seen one of those, you'll know that if you sit there without the goggles on, you just end up with this 2D confused, blurry picture. But the moment you put the 3D goggles on, I don't know how they do it, but somehow uh, the picture bursts out of the screen and suddenly it goes from being all these weird colours to just being vibrant and looking how it really should. And uh, you're captured and drawn into um, the film, the movie. Well, in the same way, if we just take vague guesses about what God is like, or we think that he's like us, or we think that he's like the other people that we know, then we end up with a 2D, inaccurate, confusing understanding of him. But the moment we pick up the scripture and we use them, as it were, like those 3D goggles, we see God through the lenses of his revelation to us in his word, then suddenly we come face to face with the almighty, merciful, compassionate, living God that we're in a relationship with. And we want to do this as often as we can because our tendency, and this might not be true for you, but it's true for a lot of us and it's definitely true for me. Our tendency, sadly, is to think that he's like us. And to look at the way that we treat people and project that onto him and think that's the way that he thinks about people, but also that's the way that he thinks about us. And uh, Mike and I have been reading a book we've mentioned as our book of the month, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And one of the things that has amazed me as I've, as I've read the book and as I've looked at the Bible again and the passages that he's talking about in it, is, is I've just been staggered, not by God's greatness, but by his goodness. And I feel like I'm seeing again for the first time, uh, or seeing for the first time, I should say, just the extent of his of his tenderness. And uh, Dane Ortland in the book, he takes this one particular passage, Isaiah 55, verse six. I'll just read it and then share a thought or two on it. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I've, I've often heard that passage quoted in the context of, well, you know, we don't understand what's happening here, so, but hey, God's ways are, are, are not our ways, you know, his ways, are, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And we basically use it to explain away the mystery, you know, of, of what's going on and say, well, God's plans are mysterious to us. But, you know, what's pointed out in the book is that it's not talking here about how God's plans are mysterious. What it's talking about is the way in which his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are different from our ways is in the extent and the richness of his compassion. And that's demonstrated in, in what he tells us to do here. So in the passage, he, he calls on us to call on him. He invites us to invite him round. He comes looking for us to then tell us just to turn around and look for him. Like he reaches out to us and then he says, come to me. And then he gives us a reason, 
you know, when we've made mistakes, when we've wandered off, as we all do from time to time, you know, sometimes very deliberately and other times we do it reluctantly. We fight the battle so hard to try and be faithful to what we know he wants us to live like, but we just make mistakes and we get mastered by our selfishness and we turn from him. And then what he does is he comes to us and he says, turn back to me. Return to me if you've wandered, if you've drifted, if you've walked away, so that I can have compassion on you. So that, not I will then reluctantly forgive you, but so that I can abundantly pardon you. How different is that from the way that you and I work, you know? If someone hurts me, I want them to apologise to me so that I can tell them in point by point detail the ways in which they have hurt me and I now consider them to be an idiot. And then I will also go through point by point how they need to behave now to make sure they never, you know, that they don't get in my bad books again. That's not how he operates. His, his, his desire is to bless us. And we struggle to receive that, many of us. Um, we have this, we don't always articulate it, but deep down sometimes in our souls, we have this sort of sense that when we've come back to him, we have these beliefs that we say, I better not mess it up again. You know, one more strike and I'm probably going to be out. Or we say things, or we have an attitude like, now I'm back, I've really got to make it up to him. I've really got to, I've really got to live well this time around, you know, and it's all on us and we have to be determined. And, and what that shows, if you can relate to that, what that shows is that we don't yet see him as he really is. So yesterday I took my two youngest sons out in the buggy. One of them's two and a half, the other one's one and a half. And we went past a bakery, you know, one of these ones that still opens all takeaway stuff. And I went into the bakery and I bought them these two biscuits the size of their faces, these gingerbread things. And I gave them to them. And then I loved it because for the rest of the hour or so we were out, they were just eating this biscuit and covering themselves in the biscuit as well as eating it. But they just like absolutely loved it. Now, now, as a dad, I can tell you that is a joy for me to, to give them these giant face-sized biscuits. Imagine if I gave my two and a half year old a biscuit and he started fishing around in his pockets being like, oh man, dad's just giving me a biscuit, I better pay him back. Imagine if I, I gave my son's birthday presents and they were like, oh, dad's giving me a birthday present, all right, go, go and get my little money box, I better pay him. What would that show if that was their behaviour? What it would show is that they don't really understand me. They don't yet get that it's a joy to me to give that to them, that it's a blessing to me to bless them. And when we come to God and he gives us this compassion, if our approach is, well, we have to give him something back in exchange, it's tit for tat. It's like, oh my word, I've got to be on my best behavior now. What that shows us is that we don't yet see his nature towards us. We haven't understood his love. The picture Jesus paints in Luke chapter 15 is, is of the father and the prodigal son. The lost son comes back dressed in rags with nothing to offer, having totally messed his life up and completely rejected the father. The father 
runs to him, flings his arms around him, gets the best robe, gets like the party started, gets the music on, brings him in, starts dancing and celebrating and just loving, declaring the guy's like finally come back and the lost is found and the dead is alive again. And it's like, come home so that I can show compassion to you. That's what he says. And yet deep down, ingrained, we still resist it. And we still don't quite get it because uh, it's so it's so deep in us that we operate on these conditions and our experience of that in the world that we live in is 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 all we've known and so it's very hard to to see him as he really is which again is why we need the scripture because he goes on to say explicitly for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways neither are your ways my ways declares the lord for as high as the heavens are above the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We think these tiny little thoughts of God and we limit him in and we kind of compress his, his, his love, as it were, his mercy down into something that we can comprehend because it's how we would act. And what he does is not say, hey, you've got it just slightly wrong there. You're just a little bit out. He doesn't say that, you know, your love is kind of at where the, your head height is and my love's where the ceiling is, just a few feet above it. He just blows the roof off and he says, you see those stars up there? Your thoughts are down here and my thoughts of love are right up there. Your ways of compassion are down here. I might, you see the stars as far as you can see into the distance. That's where my ways of compassion are in comparison. And we might think as we consider how different he is from us, that that would make him distant from us. But actually, that's not how it works. So great is his love. Um, so rich is his compassion that he comes incredibly close and that he embraces us, even as the father did the lost son in our brokenness and in our mess. All he requires of us is to admit honestly that we cannot do it and to take the ruined wreckage of our lives and those areas of our lives that we still haven't changed in and those areas where we repeat things and those areas where we just you just long to be different to take that ruined wreckage and to place it into his hands of love and care that he might have compassion on us and that he might restore us his ways are not our ways and that is very very good news. God bless.